Hey nerds, if you like what we do here on One Podcast for Nerds, remember you can always support us through the ACAST supporting system to which you can find a link to in the description below of every episode. It's only a minimum of three US dollars, but no commitment. We also sell mugs, which you can find at mainjams.com, and I would describe them with Nolan's trademark slogan, having a good hand feel. They're great for coffee, tea, when you're streaming, gaming, or just doing nerdy shit. Alright, let's get to the show. Play that intro. This is our episode 18 of One Podcast for Nerds, our weekly podcast. You can find us each and every week on all of your favorite podcast platforms with our new shows popping up every Tuesday. I'm Nolan. I'm going to be the host for this episode. And with me today is Austin. Hey, Nolan. Uh, I got to say, I'm happy to not be the host for this episode. Well, I feel like we've done 18 episodes. We're practically professionals at this point. Uh, Maybe uh, stretching uh, it a bit, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's a little much. But I, I personally think we're the best duo. Oh, we got great chemistry. But no, today, Andrew and Bones, they can't make it with us today, so... It's gonna be us. I'm gonna be listening to the Nolan and Austin show. Hell yeah. All right, well, we'll start off with a little bit of news. We'll start off with a little bit of news. I was reading today some auction news that there was a sealed copy of Skyrim that sold for $600. There's this trend of collectors looking for the next big things to invest in and hopefully make a quick buck. Cause like, I can buy Skyrim for like sixty dollars. So I think you can even buy it cheaper than that on Amazon. Exactly. So my question is, I, oh, actually, I never. Mind. I have two questions. All right. One, the first question, the main question is, who the fuck's the sucker that paid six hundred dollars for Skyrim? And two, who's the genius that sold it to him? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, there was a sealed copy of Tomb Raider, the original one, that sold a few days earlier for $144,000. See, that, but that makes sense, right? Tomb Raider, um, other than you Samus, uh, Laura Croft is like, was, or was like the main female protagonist in video gaming. So, I mean, that makes sense, and that's, like, pretty in- influential, and it was an extremely old game. But Skyrim came out, like, what? Like, 2012? Something like that. 2012, 2011. But then, even if, like, I think also sometime, like, the last week or so, Red Dead Redemption, a copy of that sold for $400 on an auction site. Why? Guys. I don't know. But, like, it's, like, so starting, like, all these collectors have nothing else to do because of the pandemic. It's like with the Pokemon cards. There's a whole box of Pokemon cards that sold for nearly half a million dollars. See, yeah, uh, but that that's <clears throat> supply and demand. So, that, that I is, actually yes. did some research on this one separately from the podcast. I just thought it was, thought it was really interesting. Uh, Nolan, did you know that Walmart in America refuses to sell Pokemon cards now? Yes, yeah, so, so is Target and other, a lot of other shops. These fucking Yanks down south are shooting each other over Pokemon cards. Someone pulled right? a gun in the parking lot. Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> so it's like, it, it, it mainly streamed, uh, like steamed off of streamers, right? Because streamers were just opening it up and they became more popular. And because, uh, like, they're buying so many of them, like, they, be- they became almost 
not like uh like there was less of them around, but they were they there were people were buying them up and they were opening up on stream and they were coming more and more prevalent. So what do these these people do? They do the uh, the same thing they did with PlayStation Fives and Xbox uh, Series X and all that stuff, where they scalp all these Pokemon cards. And then like the people who are out there, like I was talking to one gentleman today, uh, he was key coming to my store looking for Pokemon cards. I'm like, sorry, uh, it's a record store. I don't I don't sell Pokemon cards. And he's like, yeah, I can't find them anywhere. So the people who are actually just looking to play Pokemon cards with their kids can't can't find them anywhere because these fucking assholes are buying all the Pokemon cards. No, and then they send them away, get their water score and grading and all that stuff, and it's just... Man, we went through this craze when I was younger with baseball cards and hockey cards, but, like, we never kept our cards in good shape. <laughs> no. But even though, like, Two mirrors selling for 144000 The Pokemon cards, a box of them going for nearly half a million. Nothing, though, compares with an unopened copy of Super Mario 64. That is the highest, like, most valuable collector game out there that sold for $1.5 million. Mario 64? Super Mario 64. Huh. I mean, it's a great game. I loved playing that. It's I not guess... worth one and a half million. I mean, I'd pay more for, like, to me, like, Super Mario is iconic, but GoldenEye um, 64 would be the one that I would expect to be worth something. The thing I could, the only thing I could think about it, there was a Nintendo dev. He was very, very important. He passed away, I want to say, like, four, a couple years ago. All right. Uh, Sataru Uwata had passed away in 2015. So the only thing I can really think of that would make it that is, one, it would have to become on the cardboard box because that I'm not a huge collector nerd, but I, I, I know a couple of them. Uh, they have to have the cardboard box that it came with, right? Yep. And, like, it would have to be signed by Miyazaki and Iwata and maybe even Reggie or something like that. Do you really get those names up there that you don't really get uh, too many signatures from on something that would be worth it? Like, for example... Uh, Pop figures, uh, because I hate myself that I know this. Because, but uh, yeah, but Godzilla is, and King Kong are cute, man. They are pretty cute. There is a gold and silver version of Stan Lee, both signed by Stan Lee, sold wow. in tandem for over a million dollars. Just because those two ones are kind of rare, right? But because yep. they were signed by Stanley before he had passed away, that's what really jacked up the price. So that's the only reason I can really wrap my head around it is would it would be signed by Iwata, right? But I, you know, there's so many different aspects. Like I personally wouldn't pay for it either, but it's old enough to be in the collectible range for me at the very least. Yeah, I suppose it would be, but just man, these figures are just mind-boggling. Yeah, but we also don't have any money, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Silly people out there with stupid amounts of money. Love it. I mean, I understand the whole collecting thing, and I would love to collect a lot of the old games I played on the original NES and Super Nintendo. Paying that kind of money... For collectibles, that's just not my scene. Well, see, like, that's the thing. You're supposed to buy low, sell high. Sell high. Yeah, right? All right, I'll go I'll go out and start buying up a dozen copies of this and that now, and we'll wait and see. My grandkids might be able to afford a house, you know. <laughs> All right, move on to the next piece of news. 
Valve has announced that they have a new handheld that they're calling the Steam Deck. And with that, you can play PC games on portable. It, to me, it looks a lot like a Switch. But uh, I read the review on IGN because IGN had an exclusive to test it out and play with it. And Must be nice. It, oh, yeah. Those guys are lucky. But yeah, the design, it looks... It looks like a Switch, but it's a solid deck, so you can't take the Joy-Cons off or anything like that. Yeah. But what's the really striking thing to me about this is how the controls are. They're supposed to be more ergonomical. They're on the top of the Steam Deck, and you hold it almost like you're holding a steering wheel with your hands at the 10 and 2 o'clock position. And it's supposed to be a lot more ergonomical, and it looks counterintuitive but you know what i took my switch and i held it like that mm -hmm. i put my hands there and i think it i think it feels nice like it won't work with the switch because you can't remove the joy cons and all that stuff which is part of what the switch is but the steam deck it looks like it has a really nice hand feel if and yeah it it runs a version of a steam operating system and you, you can play all your Steam games on there. I'm looking um, at the uh, the picture right now. Yep. Are those touchpads underneath yeah, the got, joysticks? Uh, yeah. So it's going to be the use, Steam controller all over again, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And you you can use those little touchpads if you want to use that instead of a mouse. Or uh, in, yeah, like a mouse pad if you want to use that for playing your okay. PC games. Um, yeah, no, it looks, it looks sleek, man. I like the, I like the flat black and everything like that. Um, the question is, uh, like for me personally, what, what the price range towards like storage? Cause the computer games are, well, games are getting bigger, not just computer games. So what are we, what are we looking at like that? Well, in Canadian dollars, they got their basic version, 64 gigabytes for four ninety nine. Yeah, they yeah. have a 256 gigabyte version for 649, and a 512 gigabyte version that's supposed to be 849. Yeah, those are the Canadian prices. Oh, USD. You yeah, you might be looking at the US prices. Oh, okay. I guess in Canadian dollars. All right, all right. Well, that makes sense. That's that seems pretty pricey to me. I don't know. I definitely for wouldn't get the 64 gig. But, well, I mean, like. Yeah, like it'd be nice to you know be able to be, like like if I'm gonna play FDL on the bus, that'd be awesome, right? But like, I'm, but at the same, well, I don't know because like the 64 gig one would be nice because it, you're if you're you're it's one you would actually take with you, right? Yeah. But you're not gonna most games run off of internet, right? So it's like, are you are you just gonna play off of your hotspot? Like I don't know how that really will work. I don't know. Maybe it's. So you can lie in bed and play instead of sitting at your desk with your PC. Well, that's a good point. Um, I don't know. Like the uh, uh, yeah, Andrew, you're right. It does depend on the game, but uh, like it also depends on the uh, the size of the game, right? So it's like if you're going through with like a basic like JRPG, I'm sure it would be fine to play without the internet. But there's a lot of games that even if the main portion of the game is offline, there's a there is also a very important portion of that game that's online, right? I'm not even just talking about multiplayer stuff, right? Um, 
So there's stuff like, for example, like this, and Destiny is 100% an online game, so this is a kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of a bad analogy, but um, you can technically play that game offline, technically. You're, if you set your internet connection to such a bad connection, it'll literally put you into your own server, right? Um, but, like, you kind of miss out on, like, a, like, three quarters of the game. Well, it says you you should be able to run any of your PC games from your Steam library. Also, if you wanted to wipe the Steam Deck clean, remove the Steam operating system, you can install Windows, and you could even have Game Pass on there. Huh. It's, yeah, it's a really versatile handheld. It's a, surprisingly versatile. Why would they tell that, like, almost? <laughs> you know? I don't know, but it's that was in the review. I like that actually though. Like it's very cool, and like I appreciate the honesty. Don't get me wrong; we don't get enough of that these days. But it just kind of seems like they're they're stabbing themselves in the foot, being like, "Yeah, you know, it's a Steam console. Hey, everybody, aren't you excited?" Um, also, uh, you could probably just delete us too and just put on Game Pass. Right? It's just like mm, probably would have kept that to myself personally. I don't know. They might be able to partition somewhere and run both. Who knows? Or you can probably run Steam off of Windows anyways. That's true. Yeah. But I was kind of curious, you know, like just what kind of competition this would be for the new Switch. So the new Switch is coming out, and Switch has been such a great selling <sighs> console. Yeah. But I almost feel like it's two different markets because, again, like with Steam, with the PC games, that's more competition with Sony and Xbox, or Sony and Microsoft, and not so much Nintendo. See, Nintendo always seems to be doing their own thing. Well, I mean, I can respect that. Uh, there was this meme I'm looking, I'm just looking for right now. It it had to do with the Steam Deck. Uh, every when everybody was at when they were asking for new switch, a new switch, everybody was asking for three things: 4K uh, resolution, yeah, uh, faster. Um, where I'm just trying to find it right now. Uh, faster processing and some one other thing i can't really find out more space um i believe it was right like more uh gigabyte space and everything well what did they and you know what they added for the new switch what's oled that? that's it so yeah, the steam deck is only 720p yes you're right but it also has a faster processing speed and nearly quad quadruple the the uh, gigabyte space. Don't get me wrong; you're also going to be paying twice the amount of money. But it is supposed not, to be comparable to a PS4. Exactly. So it's power. you're you're not really we you're kind of asking the wrong question for me at least because it's not you're not asking is it going to be competition? It's going to be how much is this going to beat the new switch because if all they're doing is adding ol ol holy shit oled to the new switch and i own a switch already i don't but if i already did right what's the point why pay another fucking 400 dollars for a different for another switch if it's just going to be the exact same with a with a slightly better screen it's gonna be a bigger screen better screen it's gonna have a nicer hand feel <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, uh, when I was playing on on your Switch, when it back when before it was my Switch, when you um, used to own my Switch, 
Oh, uh, yeah. When I used to own your Switch, um, it was I, I played it on the dock. I rarely played it on, uh, like, to go, right? So I can understand. It's, uh, I... <laughs> Nintendo will always have its exclusives, but for this is like their real first chance that people uh, in the console world will be able to play some of these really awesome indie PC exclusives. Uh, and I think that's the one thing that they really have going for them for Steam. I don't think it's going to be a matter of competition. I think it's going to be a matter of can Nintendo uh, catch up in time? Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see how the Switch takes off and if it's able to take hold, or sorry, the Steam Deck, not the Switch. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it does. Because, you know, aside from Nintendo, a lot of the other handhelds just, they don't, they never really, a lot of them have had so much potential. They've been technically more powerful there than what Nintendo puts out, but they just don't tend to last. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Steam Deck. Yeah, see, the problem was um, the only person, the only person I get is person that's dumb. The only company that really tried to uh, like compete with Nintendo in the older handheld ages was Sony, right? Yeah. Now, it's, now uh, the PSP and then um, what is it called? Uh, the Vita. The Vita weren't success very successful over in the West, right? Yeah. Nintendo's was, but um, the Vita and the PSP were actually extremely successful over in Japan, right? So the question now, if with this one, I think it'll be the actually the opposite, right? Um, Nintendo's will always be pop more popular in Japan, right? But um, the the Steam console. It it has the the specs and um, everything like that to win over the West, and I think it's I think it'll just be uh, a preference of choice per area you're in. Yeah, it could be. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the next be- last bit of news I wanted to cover was about Netflix and if they're going to start offering games on their streaming service because they just hired Mike Verdu as VP of Game Development. And he used to work at EA, and he worked at uh, Facebook as the VP working with developers for the Oculus. Now, they haven't mentioned much details from Netflix, but Netflix has started. They've had a few interactive shows, products. Like, my kids loved doing the interactive Minecraft on there, where you just basically choose your own adventure TV series. and. Yeah, they've got a few other games that allow the viewer, or not games, no shows that give the viewers the power to make choices to, you know, change the outcome of the shows. And it's something they're trying to be a little more interactive. I haven't seen that from anywhere else. But uh, yeah, I think they're, what do you think? Do you think they're trying to get into offering games? On Netflix? I doubt it. Uh, just because I don't think the the like the not the UA what is it called the interface of Netflix's app is really set up for that. I think what they're trying to do is Netflix actually owns quite a bit of stuff, believe it or not, right? Mm-hmm. Not just the popular stuff, right? Like Stranger Things, 
they yeah. own a lot of different shit and what they're trying to do is like they're like hey well what's popular right now that we own um uh we own the licensing to like Voltron right now so let's maybe we'll maybe we'll make a Voltron game or hey we uh we we own we 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 own uh Stranger Things and Stranger Things the kids are starting to get to the point where they're getting too old to be the kids anymore so we should probably capitalize and make some games as well to try to cap cash in on this cash cow now right so i think that's what they're trying to do i think they're trying to get their own kind of games without having to pay sony to make it or having to pay uh xbox to make it where they can just have their own studio and then be like hey you guys want this you have to pay us if you want it right and i think that's a much better business model for them uh well, no you'd have to... go ahead like, sorry i don't know it's a weird kind of thing i don't know that like to me, it does make sense for Netflix to get into streaming games, but uh, yes. like, unless there's going to be like, I don't know, they might be looking. At, I don't know, maybe you can play like, what is it, like Candy Crush or almost like those small little mobile games. Maybe you can play those on your phone through the Netflix app. Maybe there's something like that that they're going to do because mm. there's an awful lot of money to be made through those. Yes, but I don't see them making anything big because like. Well, see the- they just Prob- can't compete with the bigger companies. Like, there's Sony, there's Microsoft, Nintendo. Like, my whole I think thing that's is for that. My whole thing for that is, what's the point? You know how um, Microsoft and Windows have Bing instead of Google, right? Yeah. If I own an Android, why would I go play Candy Crush through a Netflix app when I can just download it onto my phone through the Google app? Right. Um, For like phone games and stuff like that, it just doesn't make sense. Why hire an actual dev, like a higher up from a very successful company, as evil as they are with EA? Why go through all the problem, all the trouble of getting somebody with actual experience making games if you're just going to turn like phone games and stuff like that and be able to download it through the Netflix app? It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, That's the reason I think they'd go more for AAA games and stuff like that. Uh, because if they have all these licensing rights and all these exclusives that they own themselves, why not cash in on their cash cow that they don't have to pay anybody else to make? I'm changing my opinion. I think you might be right because I've been listening to some other interviews where people have passed off, passed up giving or taking their shows to Netflix because they've had to sign contracts where Netflix pretty much owns every single right to that product. They're making The Witcher, but The Witcher is already a game, so that might be different, but maybe they're trying to get in front of that. Maybe they make the next uh, movie or series, and yeah, like you're saying, instead of farming out or just holding the rights and making royalty for someone else making a game, maybe they're going to be doing that. Mm -hmm. But like, don't get me wrong. in doing so, like, I do like the idea of interactive shows, right? Like, there is, they've, they've been doing that for years. Like, if you remember, if you go back, you can go all the way back to, uh, uh, fuck, what was it called? Um, no, I know what you did last summer. Uh, Final Destination. Yeah. Final Destination 3, where they, you know, like the uh, amusement park one. 
uh, little known fact, uh, Nolan, is there is actually a way where you can make all of them survive through the make your own story and uh, through it. You can choose who lives and who dies. Yeah, so they've been doing this for a while, um, but it kind of fell out of fashion because it's just like it's a lot of extra work for essentially the same movie, right? And it kind of like fucks with the whole premise of the show. So, like, I think that's a very good idea for Netflix to get back into that because that way people who enjoy it, like you and your kids, they'll be able to really uh, to scratch that itch. But in this moment in time, uh, for like, yeah, it's either going to be making their own games or they want to be able to be like, hey, uh, you guys need some help over there, Xbox? If you pay us a couple, a uh, couple grand, we'll uh, we'll make this asset for you, right? Yeah. Who knows? They're being they're being very tight lipped on all the details, so it's really tough to to say because it's. I mean, there is no. It's the biggest industry in entertainment is video games. It's bigger uh, than TV, got, bigger than film. It, but like, I wouldn't say it's the biggest, but it has the most potential. No, it is the biggest. There's more money in the in uh, video games. The whole industry may, earns far more money than TV and film together. Well, never mind. <laughs> you got me on that one. <laughs> but like, there are such big players in there. Like Amazon, they were they started their own studio, didn't they? And uh, that, technically, yes. Yeah, they tried, but that hasn't really gone anywhere. Well, I mean, people are, don't much. like Jeff Bezos anymore. No, that's because he owns everything. No, he's just evil. He's just a bad person. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that it's. I don't know. I'm not quite sure what Netflix is getting into with all this. It's just. Well, I mean, they see, like you said, I see that they see a lucrative market and they want to jump into it, but they need a, a figurehead to do it. Now, the real yeah. question is, is, is this Mike, uh, uh, which is, uh, Mike Verdu, a good enough spearhead? Possibly, possibly. Uh, EA is definitely no, EA is many things, uh, but uh, it's like they, you can say what you want about EA. They're many things, but they're definitely good business people. Right. Yeah, so is Facebook. Yeah. Right. So um, this co- it possibly could be a good thing. Um, like I said, I'm excited because, like I said, they have a lot of really cool uh, exclusives. Um, and then, like, if if you're already doing a business with Netflix, so that they're streaming your show, um, you're do you already have an in to make a video game through them because they you're like, hey, you're making my show. Can you make me a game as well, right? Well, it's like with The Witcher. The sales of the of those games have just skyrocketed ever since the series was out. Yes, uh, well, not necessarily. It was already a very popular game, but like it boosted the sales again. Um, yes and no, because people went in there to uh ex- to experience what the stories of the uh, uh, show will be. So the show, the like everything you'll see in the uh, Witcher show. So I'm about to go full on nerd on you. Okay. <laughs> go um, for it. Everything you experience in the show is actually set like. Uh, they might have had to speed it up. But Siri uh, in the 
stages of the first show was like six or seven, right? Um, yeah. In the first game, I think she's like 14, right? So there's it, it's set quite a bit before the very first game. Um, so you're going to have a lot of different stories that you can do with that. So maybe they, maybe Netflix will want to make a prequel set game, but I don't think they should. Right. Um, the Witcher series is celebrated as not only the, one of the best Western RPGs, right. But there are the Witcher three is one of the best, most celebrated games of all time. Um, so is it worth kind of wrecking that? Uh, are they? Is, is it really worth wrecking that stuff? Maybe for the money for them it is, but do I think it's a good idea? No, I don't. Um, but yeah, the Witcher series, I think they're going to just kind of just try to do their own thing with the show because CD Project CD Project Red has the rights to the games, I believe. Yeah, yeah it's just the. The uh, film rights that Netflix has. Yeah, they uh, they Netflix has the rights to the books essentially. So yeah. like these are actually based off of the original books set way before anything to do with the games. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've not played either or read the books. Oh, if you really wanted to get into an actual amazing uh like story and everything like that nolan for like gaming if you actually say you had like a month to set aside like where you had you didn't have to be a dad you didn't have to go you didn't have to go run the lab you didn't have to do anything right and you still needed a way to entertain yourself that's the witcher 3 man it is it is it is by far a perfect game there is there will never be another game out there like the witcher 3 i'll take your recommendation for that yeah, um, and I'm I'm very normally I'm a little hesitant to kind of do that, like uh, even though I do have a lot of hot takes here, um, to like really recommend a game like that hard, um, but it has the track record. It is if you look it up, it is one of the highest rated games of all time. Oh, I know that. It's one of many games on my long, long, long list <laughs> of getting back in. Yeah. All right. Well. That was pretty much, well, that was all the news that I wanted to cover for yeah. uh, this episode. Um, what I really wanted to talk about with this episode was, like, the online gaming communities. Yeah, what's and, up? Because, like, there are so many online gaming communities that are, like, sitting around, like, websites such as, like, IGN, GameFAQs, The Verge, and, of course, Reddit. And, like, these are great. These are where like thousands and millions of people can gather to share their thoughts, experiences, share news, read news, find find out what's going on, and like these communities are all really important to bring all the players together and really just build a bigger sense of being part of the game and expanding on the experience of that game. Because mm -hmm. like Andrew and Bones, they love Apex. So you love Destiny. Like you can follow those communities and. You, just, you can immerse more of your life into it and let it be a bigger part of who you are and what you are. Because yeah. now, instead of just playing the game, and then when you're not playing, you're done, you're able to talk or chat with other people in a lot of these communities. You can read about it. And like, it's just, it, you're able to just make that bigger part of you. 
so that in your non-gaming hours, you have just more ways for like to keep those games that you love a part of you. Mm-hmm. And or like just to keep yourself up to date with the latest news on all that stuff. Like when I was a kid, for me to know what was going on, I had to wait for next month's issue of Nintendo Power. Yeah. Because I'm the old man here. And then when the internet took off, you know, when that was invented, it took a little while, but then like I do remember Game Facts story. And they had a few little threads where you could chat about like cheats and codes and reviews of games and all that stuff. But like, man, that's evolved so much now. And like from when I was a kid and there was really no way to keep in touch to like now, like you can have updates on your phone and in seconds or minutes you can be up to date with the latest things that are happening mm-hmm. and like it's a great thing for for gaming because you feel like you're up to date and you're you're not playing catch-up i love that see the thing the the really thing that always surprised me is i kind of grew up in an age where information was always available right so like for example uh back in the day uh back when pokemon one first came out nolan uh <laughs> there was rumors about how you can there was a, a truck and i think it was in uh fuck what's it called uh uh viridian city closer to the uh to the ocean where you could push it and mew would be hiding under it and that's how you could catch mew now it ended up being wrong but this is the first time where people really were actually like talking and sending things over the internet over to each other to try to really come up with it, right? And I think that was the really like that's one of the very few first times where uh, a com- online community was formed, right? And you're right, it's a very special thing. I have friends now that I've met uh, um, through online that they'll I, I've met lifelong friends that I, that I talk to every day, and right, it's, it's an amazing thing. But it's not just a good thing, right? It's a, it's also a bad thing. It's a double-edged sword, because yes, you can you can you can like get all this information from everybody. You can always be connected to it. Um, people who really shouldn't have access to people now do, right? Yeah. So there is, and I can't believe I have to say this, but there is a huge rampant thing of pedophilia going through the gaming communities because, right, these people on YouTube that are just, they're like, it's constantly, man, you hear it all the time, right? Where there's just like, yeah, this guy is a, pedoph- a pedophile, this girl's a pedophile now, right? And it's just like, it's a way for these people who shouldn't have attention to get these attention out, right? Um, and so it's it's a it's a double edged sword, but that's the internet for you, right? It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's also a bad thing, right? You have one of my main things that I dislike about online communities, right? Is there's no repercussion for what you say or do, right? Um, you can go online and be a total dickhead, do whatever you want, and really, there's no effect that you, that can happen. Why? Because there's uh, anonymity. They're, like you're you're immune to anything that it could it could happen. There's no there's no uh, consequences for your actions online, right? So it's it's a bad thing because for like children growing up nowadays, right? They'll they'll hear all this different stuff, and yeah, of course, you used to hear it back at school, right? But at least you you could see it. There was consequences for your actions. Now there's none at all, and. 
that's a scary uh, that's a scary uh, thing to think about. Yeah, that's true. And you know, having kids myself, that is something that I do have to think about. And well, my kids, they don't have any of the like newer generation consoles. They they still love playing on the Wii, but and they they play a few pokey games on uh, the laptop. I'm very careful to make sure they're not really well. They're not part of any gaming communities. They they're not doing any or playing any games where they can be. Not until yeah. they're a bit older, because you know it's just part of keeping them safe. Well, so, it's totally you know, a normal thing, right? You know, it's funny because like all these all this online community stuff was it was so heavily criticized and was supposed to be socially damaging and everything like that. And then you know. Then we had a pandemic, and now all of a sudden, like all those physical interactions that people were having before that kept everyone together, they've been banned or restricted. And the whole online gaming community has kind of found a bit of redemption, I, I think. Oh, 100%. Being like, for, like the benefits of that are finally being recognized for what they really truly are. Because like, we're a huge society we're social animals by definition and those social interactions that people have you know people that aren't gamers that aren't playing these games online or being part of any of these online communities they're starting to be like isolated and they're be they're, they feel isolated from the rest of society because they don't have an outlet to interact they don't Whereas, have the online community yeah and like there have been a number of studies that have shown that People who play video games and are part of the online gaming community, they feel better about themselves than people who aren't having gone through this pandemic. Like they're more stable at like emotionally and mentally because they've been keeping all their social interactions going. Their yeah. social networks that they have, like they they've never stopped feeling their sense of community. Whereas the other people a- have been isolated and have lost that. See, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing, actually, right? Um, because video games have been scrutinized their entire lives, ever since like fucking uh, Mario was jumping over barrels. People were saying like that. This is this is me turning kids into serial killers, right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, exactly, right. This is it's it's been a lifelong thing. Like it'll always be a study. There'll always be a study from some Karen in some fucking Karen University going. This is gonna turn all your children into fucking serial killers. You need to jump off of this right now, right? It was rock music. But, Elvis Presley was supposed to lead us all to temptate, temptation, damn us all. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and 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 did Elvis did, did Elvis make you commit crimes, Nolan? No, and you know what? Now there is corn. Exactly or right. Snack, or any of those I listen to. Well, and see, and see, that's the thing, right? So it's just like, yeah, music kind of like, uh, like. <sighs> these communities we need to kind of police ourselves and we need to kind of um really hold each other accountable for what we say and what we act or how and how we act but um just because a few people that really shouldn't get attention are getting attention doesn't mean the whole thing's bad right like like i was saying it was a double-edged sword i have only ever had like four or five really bad interactions online and i've been online my entire life practically Right? And you have a lot of friends online that you you oh, just mentioned. I I talk to I I talk to my American friends every single day. 
yeah, every single and... day for at least a couple hours. And you know what? Sometimes I leave that party fucking furious, right? <laughs> but I always come back because it's always a good it's always a good time. Um, but like, I remember when I was a kid, like we didn't have internet. This is back when you know there were no cell phones. There was a landline where you call someone, you call someone's house, and you ask, "Oh, is Mike there to play?" Kind of thing. We didn't have all the tools to keep in touch when I was a kid. Yeah. And so, like, I play games with a couple of my friends, but, you know, as a kid, I had to move cities a few times. And there was, there really wasn't a way for me to keep in touch with those old friends. And, you know, I, I've never talked to them or spoken with them again. I've always had to make new friends every time we moved. Mm-hmm. But now, like, if these are friends you have from, like, gaming, you move, like, you have a way to keep connected. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But see, that's thing. like that's that's a beauty. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of the internet, right? It's an amazing thing. Um, like I, I, I think I like at least I do. I know that for a fact. I take it for granted the fact that I have the world, a world of knowledge in that my palm of my hand at all times, every day, right? If I don't know an answer to something, I can just Google it and look it up, and I'll have it. Um, <laughs> have in a couple seconds don't get me wrong i'm also horrible at googling stuff so don't take my word on that um but at the same time you know it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing right there's these there's people out there uh that can't go outside like they 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 physically can't go outside there's a couple people uh, online that i don't personally know but i know of right where they have this this like disease where they can't go outside and they found a way to express themselves online through online communities through twitch through youtube through yada 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 it doesn't really matter it's a beautiful thing and i think we all take it a little for granted because yes uh you and i can we can go meet at a bar right like we will be tomorrow or not tomorrow on saturday no yeah right but like for example for the people who can't do that that is their bar that is their world like this is how they've done it this is how they've they'll they've done it for their entire lives like if they're born back when you were born right where they didn't have that option they would be incels they'd be stuck in their house their entire life they will not even the only their entire world would have been their room right so yeah. I think online communities have really done wonders for those people's lives. And I think that's amazing. Well, one of the reasons I want to talk about this is because I play a game on my cell phone, Transformers Earth Wars. And it's funny because the target audience for this is clearly the OG Transformer fans. Oh. All the guys my age that watched the cartoons and bought the toys and all stuff. And there's a little bit of Transformers like Beast Wars thrown in just as an all branch to younger gamers and all that stuff. That's the Miss Primal. <laughs> but yeah. the vast majority of us that play this game are middle-aged men. Mm-hmm. And like we've moved to using LineApp and Discord for our instead of using the in-game like chat and all that stuff. And so like, we have groups where there are hundreds of of people. And mm-hmm. It, and yeah, this was one of those things that I did take for granted until, you know, I was, I fell in some rough times and, you know, some of the people that I was gaming with, I had become friends with and, you know, I talked and chatted and like, I made some really great friends that I've never met in person, mm-hmm. but 
yeah, that sense of community there really helped me, you know, feel like I wasn't alone in what I was going through. And like you said, like it, it, it was a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's and... transcending borders. It's transcending. Uh, well, like I wouldn't go that far, but it's definitely transcending borders. I was just about to say it's transcending yeah. <laughs> skin color, but I think that's a little much. Um, well, because no matter what, there always be. When you're you don't when you can't see someone's skin color, they're just a person. Yeah, you're not wrong, but there will always be racism if you like go onto any like uh um uh, like gaming like site you'll always you'll always hear some fucking person right. being a total dickhead right it's, it's, it's i i've seen it time and time again right but uh it definitely transcends borders because you've i've i there's a person on scotland that i that uh, one of my personal close friends uh i won't say his name because i'm pretty sure he wouldn't like that but um i will literally stay up to the point where I'm exhausted in the morning just so I can say hi to him. Right? Yeah, it's cool. it yeah, it it transcends borders. Like I would have never met my friend in Scotland without uh gaming communities. Right? And I think it's that's that's awesome, right? And it, there's not a whole lot we can really go in onto it other than telling our personal experiences. And uh but the thing is I for the few people that actually listen to this, I want I want to hear your guys' experiences because I know online communities aren't exactly perfect. Like one of the big things I found out about the Destiny community that I thought was actually a really friendly community is it's not LGBT friendly, right? Oh, Bungie right. is really trying their best, but like uh, uh, LGBTQ plus uh, people. Are go like they 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 won't even uh, LFG and LFG is just a, something where you sign up on this website or on the Bungie app and then you can join other people and that way you can do end game content essentially Nolan right but they they don't even they don't even say they have a mic because they're worried that people will judge them and I don't that sucks man and like that's horrible <laughs> we still have a ways to go oh, don't get me of wrong course we do. right but it's a, it's we're we're at a starting point. Right, it's only gonna get better from here, guys. And I want to hear your guys' stories, fucking nightmares or beautiful friendships. No, that'd be fantastic. I'd love to hear those. And you know what? I think that would be a great place for us to probably end this, unless you got anything else you wanted to say about this. Um, to all those people that do answer, you're beautiful, and I'll give you a kiss on the forehead. Mwah. <laughs> I think that's going to wrap it up for us here today at One Podcast for Nerds. Um, just a reminder, you can listen to us on all of your favorite uh, podcast platforms. And we got our new shows popping up on all those platforms every Tuesday. What are you, you, know, what have you been playing? Ah, what have I been playing? Well, I started playing Super Mario Odyssey with my kids. And we had a hell of a time with that. Loved it. Had so oh, so you finally it did so it. Good. You and finally did it! Like six months ago, man. Maybe not six, <laughs> my one and five, but he gave it to me a while ago. And I finally played it with my kids, and uh, we loved it. We had two days where, where, or a day and a half, where we just had a lot of fun with that. And uh, oh, that's Have you guys game. beaten it yet? No, because uh, I didn't know that there was a kids mode that stops you from falling off the edge, mm-hmm. which 
kind of like when I go bowling with my kids, I always have the bumpers up so you don't go in the gutters. <laughs> See, but that's like, man, I wish I had that as a kid because fuck would I have actually enjoyed bowling as a kid. I, I spent more time in the gutters than on the, on the, on the, was, was it actually called the runway? I have no idea. Yeah, I almost be. called it the fairway. But anyways, like the main the main section. I spent more times in the gutter balls. I hate bowling now. You know. <laughs> oh man, even if I didn't have my kids with me, I would still have the, ask them for the bumpers up. <laughs> but like, I, I I'd go up there and pretend to be drunk to the point where they're like, "Yeah, he needs those up <laughs> bumpers." <laughs> but uh, uh, that's it. You just uh, this Mario Odyssey. Uh play that and i've been playing a little bit of Dragon quest 11 on the switch hell yeah buddy hell yeah um for me it's more of the same i'm going through a personal i'm going through an event right now in destiny 2 called the solstice of heroes you get some really awesome armor for those who don't know um destiny 2 is free and it's always available to you guys and it's a great experience for uh for all around, I find. It's an amazing story. Um, I've also been playing Vermintide with my previous mentioned uh, American friends. That's also a really good game that you should check out. And, yeah, just been watching a whole lot of anime as of late. Alright. I'm Nolan. I was your host today, and Austin was here with me. We've had a great chat. It's been chat. a pleasure. Oh, it's, always, it's always nice when it's just two of us. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's great with... With uh, Andrew and Bones too, but it's nice when it's just two of us. Well, I mean, we can go at our own. We can go at our own rate. It's not none of the bureaucracy to hold us down, Nolan. No, with Bones trying to keep us going, keeping us on task, and and Andrew always making us read ads. God, ads. Yeah, I'm not doing the ads today because I don't know where those ads are, and. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty, though. <laughs> hey, I know you can catch us on all your favorite podcast platforms. <laughs> <laughs> Time to play the outro. Ha! <laughs> 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 <laughs>